to the Grace Based Family Podcast. This is Dr. Tim Kimmel. For over 40 years, our ministry has been teaching people all over the globe how to turn God's act of grace into the defining feature of their closest relationships. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. Hey, Karis. Hey, Michelle. So as summer winds down here, there is this like nerve-wracking and very exciting thing that's about to happen. Kids are going back to school. Kids are going back to school. I remember when my kids were younger, they were that age. You know, you're so excited for summer to hit. Summer hits. You enjoy it for about two weeks, and then everybody gets a little itchy and antsy. And, you know, they use use that uh, really bad word, the B word, bored. And then they get in trouble and have to do chores. And, you know, it's just the whole summer of that. So I remember feeling like the first day of school was just like, I just basically just like got on my knees and offered them as as an offering to their teacher to just be like thank you so much for taking them off my hands um but I know maybe your littles are starting school for the first time yeah you know maybe they're going to kindergarten this year for the whole day and that can be sad and yeah bring up a lot of emotions and then for the kids it's it's uh they can be nervous and excited about Mm -hmm. that kind of new new chapter new year new teacher new friends yeah there's a lot of um emotions that go into the school year like I said it's a little overwhelming Um, yeah and with kids I think sometimes there's just a lot of vulnerability that happens like you said if Mm. there's the unknown it's a new school or I'm going to be away from mom or dad super long what if I what if I have mean teachers that's what I'm hearing you won't it'll be fine we'll work through it just new routines new expectations and so um, because of that we came up with some ideas for ways to communicate proactively with your kids on some things you can talk to your children about before they head back into school. Yeah, yeah, because I think that that anticipating of, of some of the hard emotions that they might experience, that can really help with helping them be able to work through them. Yep. So the first thing that we want to highlight here is teaching our kids that school is important, but it's not all there is. You know, you yeah. see these, I know of a family that they have, they have like a two-year-old. I think she's probably two now, but they have moved about 40 minutes across town to mm. live in a zip code so that she could eventually be in district for one of the top high schools in, in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And they're putting all their eggs and they're both, the parents are highly educated and that's wonderful. But to them, their daughter being uber educated being top of you know the top school in the valley is a top priority and Mm -hmm. and there is it's wonderful to get an education it's it's great to encourage that but it's not all there is yeah I think like anything else we have to keep it in balance and so we can put undue pressure on our kids and that can have a detrimental effect on them and so we just kind of you got to keep the bubble in the middle that's what grace is all about right and that's what we talk so much and teach so much about here at Grace Based Families is that it's about maintaining that equilibrium between two extremes you don't want either thing you don't want to you know neglect their education and not care at all and have no involvement and you know leave them high and dry in their in their school experience and you don't want to make it the most important thing because it's not the most important right it's an an important thing but it's not the most important thing I have a a fifth grader 
oh, he's going into six this year. But he's like, Mom, if I don't get into creative writing and advanced math, then that's just not going to look good on my resume someday. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, what what resume is yeah. this? Like your Chick-fil-A <laughs> resume when you're 14? Like, right. I don't understand. You're like after college when you're getting a career resume no one's no one's looking at your right. fifth grade transcripts like right just do the best you can you're not going to make a wrong now if you don't go to class if you are being a jerk if you're getting expelled all these things are yeah bigger life issues but if you don't make it into creative writing and you're doing the best you can that's okay <laughs> yeah i care i care that you have integrity that you're being mm-hmm. a good friend that you are respecting your teachers i care that you're working hard right. that you're attending as often as you possibly can you know unless you're really really sick like you're going to school okay those are those matter but also all of those things um relay into important life skills later in life and you brought up a good point with your son who's just you know he seems so worried about this and his resume and all that sometimes we have kids that their natural bent is to you know maybe they're a perfect country kid you know they want everything to be perfect and they're type a and they can put a lot of pressure on themselves even when we don't put pressure on them so i do think that's why it's important to have this conference conversation and revisit this conversation frequently especially Mm -hmm. with kids who who they're they're the ones putting the pressure on themselves Mm -hmm. to remind them that this is not what defines you and I love you and I'm proud of you whether you get into AP English or not because what I care most about is your character and you're a great kid kind of a thing so yeah I think that's really really important um, I, I think as we head into school, especially if your kids are are entering maybe the sort of preteen uh, demographic of school, so they're they're your fourth, fifth, sixth graders, and they're getting to an age where they they are probably using more computer programs, more softwares. They might be using internet sites for their homework and projects. And while we don't recommend social media for kids younger than about 13, and and even then putting it off as long as possible is the best possible thing that you can do. But the reality is they start to get exposed to this stuff. And you know, before entering the school year is a really good time to have this talk with them again about the digital spaces that they're going to be existing in. And I think a a really good conversation is that there's always a real person on the other side of the screen. Yeah. There is so much. It's overwhelming as a parent because I think there's so much that goes on via text and Snapchat. Mm -hmm. It's hard to sometimes keep tabs on it. And I think as parents, sometimes we can get into that behavior modification of, oh my gosh, I need to make monitor their texts and I need to, yes, there is a time and place for all that. But really, I think teaching your kids to have this this understanding that there's a real person on the other side of this screen and right. what you're going what you would do in real life <laughs> should not yeah. differ from what you would say or do on the internet right. um, is something that we can teach them and prepare them for so that we don't have to constantly police and right. monitor yeah the the character and integrity that you expect from your kids in, you know, my, my friend calls it meat space, M-E-A-T, like where our actual physical meat is. So meat space 
is the same as digitally. And um, and then I also think the flip side of, of this understanding that there's a real person on the other side of that screen can be protective of our children too, to be like, you don't know who that person is necessarily. And that's a stranger. Right. And just like you, you know, need to think about stranger danger and how you interact with people in real life that may or may not be safe, those same people exist online, but they have the ability to hide or to conceal their identity or to look like one thing and they're not, you know. And so, again, I just think it opens up a really good and important conversation that we have to have many, many times with our kid. This right. is not just a one and done conversation. As they grow, as they are given more privileges and more freedom online and with you know communication apps and texting and snapchat and all that kind of stuff we just we need to be helping them build their character online as well and certainly utilize tools like like screening softwares and parental controls mm-hmm. and you know let them know that at any point you you know that phone that they have in their hand is actually your phone right. that you bought them that you're paying for and that at any time you're free to pick it up and look at it and mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you should do it all the time or that you need to right. you know i think more than anything it's about teaching them how to behave safely and with integrity. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times when you see teens that are making poor choices, it, it kind of falls back to sometimes they're just being naughty, but I think it's a lack of training. Yeah. And um, this isn't to pile on parents because I know I, I feel, fall short in this too. But I think sometimes we, we assume like, oh, they know what they're doing. Like, because we wouldn't do that on social media. I wouldn't right. bully someone or say something nasty in a text or whatever. Um, so, like, why would you do that? Right? Yeah. Well, because they're 12 or 13 and their frontal lobe isn't developed. Right. And they're just like, there's this, I don't know, what is it called? A dis, there's an effect, a disinhibition effect, mm-hmm. where when communication travels through a third party, people are less inhibited with what they say. Right. So we know that as adults, but I think unless we're really training and like you said, constantly like, okay, let me just remind you, I have access to your phone. I can right. look at it. I trust you are behaving in a way that is appropriate and mm-hmm. not saying anything or doing anything that you wouldn't do um, in person. But I think it, it, I know sometimes I'm like, well, I mean, of course you're making good choices on that computer. Why right. wouldn't you? Well, because they're children. Yeah, right. <laughs> I need to train them what those are and are not. Yeah, and, and I think, I mean, this even opens up conversations about things like cyberbullying. And mm-hmm. obviously we want them to act with integrity towards other people, but we also want them to feel safe to come to us or another trusted adult if they're being bullied. Mm-hmm. Um it opens up a conversation about mental health and how, um, yeah. you know, the, this new digital online world that they live in that is their first language. This is a big experiment, guys, mm-hmm. you know, and we're we're only about a decade and a half into it. Not even that with some of the, the social, the high levels of social media time that, that kids are spending now. And so, but what we can see so far is it is it seems to have a negative impact on mental health mm-hmm. and seems to be increasing rates of things like depression, anxiety, and even suicidality in, sure. in uh, teens and young adults. And so, um, again, 
this is just a way to have that conversation. And you always want your kids to feel that they can come to you, that they're safe to tell you if something is going on. Or maybe they come across something that maybe it's porn. You mm-hmm. know, you want them to feel safe to come talk to you and say, hey, I saw this. Um, you want them to come safe to feel safe to come talk to you if something just doesn't feel right about someone that they're talking to online. Right. I mean, your, your boys play video games. Like mm-hmm. all of that is is them being able to honestly talk with strangers online. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of things that we don't even think our online interactions are, you know, they're playing Minecraft and this 42-year-old guy in his basement is a predator, <laughs> right? Right, but they think, oh, well, this is an eight-year-old kid. They're right. my friend. They, right, exactly, you know, right? And a- so, you know, it's not about fear-mongering with parents, but we just need to have an awareness and we just need to have open conversations with our kids where they feel that we are not judging them we're not shaming them and they can always come to us yeah i heard the the phrase recently we don't want to scare but we want to share with our right. kids that's really um, good let's just share hey this is what is out there i'm not gonna <laughs> scare right no. i have one son that's like constant if i share anything it's just like great i'm certainly gonna be kidnapped today i'm like no I, i'm not saying you're gonna get kidnapped <laughs> and you get the mail i'm just letting you know you and keep you your head on aware. a swivel yeah right. make sure you're be aware of your surroundings and not <laughs> yeah 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 well, and we have to have these conversations with each of our kids maybe a little differently depending on their personalities and their age mm-hmm. and, and everything. So um, it, it just takes some time and some effort, and it's okay to stumble your way through. Yes. It's for better sure. to stumble while trying to communicate than just to avoiding down. all these yeah, topics. For sure. For sure. So another way um, that we want to encourage folks to talk to their kids before they start school um, is to really encourage your kids to unlock their imagination and critical thinking and put more priority on that than just memorizing the right answers to get the grade. Yeah. Um, I read this thing that there's a professor and he said, I noticed right away how many A students were incapable of processing what are called second level questions. So a second level question doesn't just ask what something is, but why it is the way it is. And I am so guilty of this because even the other day I was having a conversation with your dad, Tim Kimmel, and he's like, do you remember uh, in World War One? I'm like, yeah, I don't remember. And he's like, but how do you not remember? I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know because I studied to pass the test and got on like all the good grades, the honor roll, and then it just woof, went yeah, away. The information went in one yes. year and out the other. I didn't ask you know? any second level questions. So like, so why did they? No, I was just like, I got to cram. I got to get the grades. I got to get out of here. But if we're talking to our kids about asking good questions and valuing the questions they ask more than the questions that they're just be able to answer mm-hmm. on a scannable form, I think it's just going to behoove them so much more in life as they learn some critical thinking skills yeah. instead of just memorize, yeah. memorize. And I think as parents, you know, I, I've always thought my role as a parent um, and my kids went to public school, but I still thought of myself as homeschooling my public school kids, mm, like you know, that. that I have a role to, uh, you know, I can, I can value add to their lives by coming alongside them Mm -hmm. and providing them with opportunities and experiences that they just simply don't have time or resources to have at school and so i think about i mean you brought up world war one um and you know history in in particular can be very um 
just sort of obtuse. It's just sort of like it's in a book. It doesn't feel real. And so I know some of the most powerful experiences I've had has been visiting different sites in the United States of things that have happened. And, uh, you know, the one that pops to mind first is we went and visited the Battle of Gettysburg, where the Battle of Gettysburg Mm. was, right? Mm. And we walked those rolling hills and we had a great tour guide who talked to us about, hey, here's where this portion of the battle happened. Here's where this happened. Here's kind of where the turning point happened here. And, you know, they... uh, this many hundred thousand of people died in this battle and they stacked their bodies up in this ditch right here. And you just, it brings it to life. And obviously war is so deep and awful and, and whatever. But, but I do think that for things like art, for things like science, for things like history, um, anytime we have the opportunity to sort of enrich our kids yeah. with some of those experiences, and I definitely know that this is coming from a place of privilege because we have the ability, we had the ability to travel and to mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff. But it doesn't have to be that dramatic, right? It could be a culture pass in your town where you go to the art museum in the right. summer. A lot of cities offer free or reduced prices for yeah. families to go check out the art museum or the history museums or, yeah, whatever. or the science museum mm-hmm. and you can get great ideas online for little like home science experiments you can do mm-hmm. and it really does I mean k- children need to experience things yeah. to really learn them and there just is a limit to how much that can happen within a traditional classroom setting so I think we have an opportunity as parents to encourage that in our kids and then and what that the flip side of that what that means is that a kid who's a good critical thinker and has a rich imagination may not always be the best test taker right and so this i can i think kind of goes back to that first thing on the list that we were talking about school is important but it's not all there is getting the right answer is important especially in certain subjects like math mm-hmm. but it's not all there is understanding how you got to that answer is important yeah and necessary to be able to continue to build on that learning and so um again this is an opportunity for us as parents to come alongside the educators of our kids whether that's entirely us whether you homeschool or whether they're in school um and i don't know i get kind of jazzed about it i think it's fun it is fun supplement that learning yeah for sure work but it does it does you're inspiring me as long as you're you kind of have your your have that focus in your mind you kind of have set that intention in your mind you you may find that you encounter a lot of these opportunities just kind of as you're going about your way Mm -hmm. you know and as long as you're ready to kind of harness them it can be really fun so uh, another important thing to that we bring up with our kids here before they start school is that there's no topic that's off limits to talk about with us. Hmm. And this is hard because, you know, some of the things that they're going to bring to us, some of the things they're going to say, some of the experiences that they're going to share. I mean, you got to practice your poker face. Right. I love that you've always told me that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) don't practice in advance. (laughs) Just kind of having a a non-judgmental 
face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you're like me, where you can kind of have an angry resting face that is a little scary, even if you're not upset, you know, I really have to work on this. But just regardless of whether they're in public school, private school, religious school, homeschool, they're going to encounter things. They're going to be confronted with issues that they really need your help to navigate. Yeah, especially in the world that we're in right now, they're being, you know, bombarded by a lot of things. And at a younger age with social media, right. and they don't really have the wisdom to navigate that or even right. know how to initiate a conversation. Right. I have a kindergartner and he's very quiet. And I keep saying, uh, what, how do I connect with him? Like what's going on in his head? I'm not used yeah. to that because my other two will talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they're, I'm, they're almost overly verbal. Yeah. And you wish you could spread it around a little exactly. bit and get a little bit more out of the yeah, youngest like, one. Yeah, like, tell me what's going on. But lately I've been realizing, like, okay, I need to dig dig something out of him. Mm-hmm. What's going on? He's having a hard time processing. Maybe there's fears, there's challenges, there's some sort of doubt, insecurity. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but I want him to know that he can come and talk to us about it. Right. But I don't think he has that maturity to yeah. be like, this is what I'm thinking, mom, or I'm feeling a little left out. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, it's certainly it's certainly partially his age, a lot his personality. Right. And then I think as parents, we have to learn how to ask good questions mm-hmm. more than just like, how was school today? Right. Or what'd you do at school today? What'd you learn at school today? You know, those are all fine questions, but we may need to ask things like, who did you play with on the playground today? Yeah. Who are your closest friends? I always ask, who gets sent to the principal's office? Because I'm so nosy. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I want to know who are you, you want, aligning with you here? You want all the tea the, on oh, the yeah. kids at school. <laughs> but, but yeah, learning to ask kind of open-ended, curious questions mm-hmm. and maybe focus on one thing. So I think especially when they're younger, if the question is too broad, it can be hard for them to know how to respond. But yeah. you could make it a little more specific. Who, mm-hmm. who did you play with on the playground today? Yeah. Um, and how did you feel at, at um, you know, after the story that you read today? Things like that. Um, and then be patient, too. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes it just takes a little bit for the conversation to get going. And a lot of the times kids will they'll sort of drip a little bit of information out to just test the water to see what happens so they'll tell us a little of something to see if we're going to react negatively mm-hmm. or in any in in some way that they might find to be unhelpful um and then if we if we kind of don't react and we're we're um accepting and non-judgmental and we listen then they're going to give us more Right. But it takes some time for that to unpack. And so we have to set time aside. We need to be off our phones long enough. I mean, this is me. Like, you got to put that down and mm-hmm. give your full focus, you know, for, and it, and it doesn't have to be long, but maybe 15, 20 minutes a day to try to connect with your kids. Yeah. And, um, really good to put these habits in place too when they're younger because you don't want them going to their friends and they're like goofball teenage buddies for advice right I mean they're going to I don't mean advice but like life advice or hey guys what does this mean or I don't understand I want them to feel comfortable coming to us as parents um and it's convicting because it's reminding me my response not only should I have a poker face but they what they're asking 
um, or whatever, pushing, (laughs) um, should not elicit any anxiety in me or Mm. anger, um, or even I can be very dismissive. And I think that doesn't allow them to really process like their desires or their questions or emotions because I'm like, oh, well, that's fine. Yeah. And instead of like, well, why are you worried about going back to school right. or what are some of those fears it can be easy to dismiss their concerns or fears as just kind of being childish or unimportant mm-hmm. yeah. or insignificant in the grand scheme of things and those things all might be true but it doesn't make it any less real to them mm-hmm. and any less important to them and I mean when I think about you know how God relates to us as our father I mean he's listening to us all pray about these things and I'm sure you know, yeah. he's going, man, this is small potatoes, right? right? Like, right. this is not a big deal. But yet he cares about it because he cares for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and we can be the same way with our kids and try to not dismiss their fears. Now, we don't want to stoke them and we need to help them come to a place where it's like, okay, you know, when we have this fear, we, we need to trust God. We maybe need to do some they call it exposure therapy but that just kind of means facing your fears and kind of getting a little exposure to this thing little by little until it's not a big deal anymore um but we can't even get to that place with them unless we take their vulnerabilities seriously and never make them feel any kind of shame or guilt or embarrassment for bringing those vulnerabilities to us Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, i have a son that's very scared of mascots and okay. so he doesn't want to go to Disneyland. He doesn't want to go to VBS. And at this point, I'm like, you should kind of probably be outgrown from that. You know, he's like, I don't want to go to church. There might be the mascot. I don't want to go to Chick-fil-A. There might be a mask. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, I'm like, but you, last time you went and you weren't scared. So I, I think you're getting over it, you know? Yeah. And it's so easy for me to want to just be like, it's fine. It's a guy in a suit. We've talked about this. Which is exactly <laughs> why he's terrified. I and I kind of get it, honestly. I'm like, I, I don't know who's in there. Yeah. And that's a little creepy yes. to me. But um, So I did do exposure therapy. I made him watch YouTube videos of like mascots like taking off their head. I'm like, see, look at it. It's like a cute <laughs> high school girls when she takes off her mask. And it, it didn't help. But you know, it's like Boris, the, you know, school janitor or whatever. <laughs> and creepy. Yeah. Anyway, we just, yeah, we need to give our place some kids to, to talk and to process feelings, mm-hmm. emotions, challenges with mascots yeah um but and even hard topics like like sex or um drugs addiction or addiction or bullying at school and you know things that can be really hard their mental health their friends mental health um and i think when we when we build and we have the 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 things that we see as insignificant like Mm -hmm. being afraid of a mascot but when we can have open conversations about that when they're young it Mm -hmm leaves it creates this pathway when they are older and it can be like you know pulling teeth to get them to talk to you about anything when they get to a certain age so yeah I think that's really important um one of our other tips here um with what you can talk to your kids about before they start school besides the practical things like make sure your lunch is packed Always yeah. check your fly. Yeah. <laughs> All these things. Um, you wearing the same socks. Yeah. I guess, that, even that doesn't matter, I, I guess. But. I'm like, can you not wear swim trunks again? Like, why are we wearing swim trunks at school? Um, is to remind your kids that they're loved and valued regardless of their merits. And um, sometimes I think our kids, and I know I fell into this as a kid too, will say like, well, uh, as long as I'm getting good grades, then I'm loved. 
Mm. And they don't say that, but they think it. Like, mm-hmm. as long as I'm the athletic one, yeah, my parents are going to be really proud of me. Yeah, And so whatever your kid's gifting is or their talent, like, even if that went away, they yeah. need to know that they are so valued and loved as, you know, part of this family, um, regardless of their accomplishments. Yeah, yeah. And I think that 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 ties into the first kind of uh, advice that we gave is that school is important, but it's not all there is. And I think you can apply that to a lot of things. Athletics are important, but it's not all there is. Musicianship is important, but it's not all there is. Grades are important, but it's not all there is. And and um, we want to raise well-rounded, fully formed human beings. That's Mm -hmm. our goal. And we've got yeah. this, you know, 18 to 21 year sh- kind of trajectory with them. And that goes faster than you think. I mean, I know you always have the old ladies telling you that at the grocery store. It goes <laughs> yes. so fast. It goes so fast. And I know when you're in the thick of it with your kids, it certainly does not feel like it's going fast. Um, but you will get to a place one day where your children will be older and grown up and either leaving the house or looking for work or going to college and um, you want them to have um, skills to to live in the real world and it's easy to when you're in it to hyper focus on things that are important but aren't the most important Mm -hmm. and we neglect other important things when we make those the main thing and we set our kids up for feeling as though their entire identity and importance in in this world is based around you know how well they perform in school or how productive they are how much they produce and you know what a what an athlete they are what a musician they are and um and it's good for them to have pride and and esteem in those things but um all of that can go away in the blink of an eye and they need to be know that they're enough without it mm-hmm. um, what our kids need most what we say here all the time at grace with families is a secure love a significant purpose and a strong hope and we as parents can provide this when we parent in an atmosphere of grace yeah and we're loving our kids the way that god loves us and we're listening right. to them and we're valuing them and we're loving them regardless yeah. of directing yeah god god loves us regardless of our actions in spite of them often and we have a seat at the table we we are his sons and daughters regardless of um how much we accomplish in this life right Mm -hmm. and so um that's how we can live out the gospel in our homes and um and so we're 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 with you moms and dads as you're sending your kids into the schoolyard or you're beginning homeschooling again at at home this year and another year of unknowns and milestones and joy but also difficulty and pain and so we we know that there's a lot and so we want to be a resource to you here at grace Base families and so if we can be praying for you we would love to do so you can contact us and we'll pray and um you know, we would love to know how to serve you better with this podcast and what topics are would be helpful to you. So you can also contact us with that. If this podcast is making a difference in your life, please like and share it. Leave us a, a review. That really helps people to discover it and for it to make a difference in their life. So thanks for joining us today. 
Thank you for listening to the Grace Space Family Podcast. This is part of Family Matters Ministry. For more information, check us out at gracebasefamilies.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time.